Today on Moody Presents with Mark Job. When the world starts to see the fact that we are enamored with this God and that it causes us to change our lifestyle and our convictions, and when the world starts to see the fourth person in the fire. Welcome to Moody Presents, where we are definitely intentional about presenting Moody to you. Our teacher, Dr. Mark Job, is the president of the Moody Bible Institute, and he also serves as senior pastor of New Life Community Church in Chicago. One of the biggest moments on the calendar for Moody is Founders Week. Actually, it began with our founder, Dwight Moody, who apparently one day walked into a classroom and declared, It's my birthday. Let's go for a sleigh ride. And they did. Well, eventually that turned into a week-long Bible conference attended by thousands from across the country. There was just one problem. The snow. (laughs) It always seemed to fall the heaviest during the month of Founders Week. So this year, well, we've made a move. Founders Week is now scheduled for October 18 to 20. But to remember Dwight Moody's birthday, we hosted Founders Day. Great speakers, great music, including a concert by Shane and Shane. Now, the evening brought us a message by our own Pastor Mark Job, and he based his message in the book of Daniel, the title, The Fourth Man. We started this teaching last week, so let's finish up as we head back to Daniel chapter 3. And later on, we'll tell you just a bit more about our plans for Founders Week coming this fall. But right now, here's Pastor Mark Job on Moody Presents. In the Babylonian era and the Roman era and... 2023, they don't really care that you worship Jesus. The conversation is something like, hey, you know, people talk and I worship this, or I went to some meditation experience, or I uh, follow this sort of religious practice, or I believe in unidentified flying objects. I think one talked to me and spoke to me, or I've listened to a guru over there or someone over there, and you say, and I go to church and I pray and Jesus, and they say, oh, that's nice, great. People don't care. The persecution, the ostracizing, the demand, the difficulty does not come because you're a worshiper of Jesus. It comes when you become a unbendable, conviction-filled, non-compromising, exclusive in your relationship to Jesus. The Romans viewed Christians as a threat because they viewed them as unpatriotic because they refused to view the emperor as a king. Their allegiance was to one king, King Jesus. And the emperor saw that these individuals are not going to follow us with worship. They refused to bow down to the emperor. These Christians These believers in God, before they even knew they were Christians, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, it wasn't that they were following the God Jehovah, it was their unwillingness to bow to the emperor, their unwillingness to embrace another God that became their source of persecution. And here's what I want you to know. I want you to hear me well. I want you to look up at me. This is very important. If you are an authentic follower of Jesus. Like people all around the world today, you will 
suffer, and there is a price to pay, and along with the call to follow Jesus, we are promised a degree of persecution. We have lived in a country that has protected our liberties, and we have lived in a country where there has been a dominant culture of Christianity, while much of the world, by the way, there's an escalation of martyrdom around the world. People being put in jail, people being killed for their faith, martyrdom is happening right now at levels that we have probably never seen in the previous century. We have been a little bit protected from that. But listen, we need to develop a type of Christianity, a strength in our, in, in our Christianity that embraces the fact that following Jesus requires a price to be paid. And not that we would be shocked and surprised that our following of Jesus somehow cost us something. America often has been sold a Christianity that's an empowerment Christianity, not a lay down your life and follow Jesus Christianity. Oftentimes our gospel has been Americanized, has been saturated with success tones and principles. And so the idea is come and follow Jesus. Your marriage will be better. Your finances will increase. Your kids will like you more. Doors will be opened in a better way. You'll have an advocate in heaven. You will be healthy, wealthy, and prosperous. And so we've embraced in our American desire for success, we've embraced this Christianity. We've gone forward with this Christianity. And oftentimes when we realize that there's a price to be paid, we say, wait a second, I didn't sign up for this. I signed up for a self-improvement, success, empowerment program from the big man upstairs. Firewalkers understand that there's a price to be paid. There has always been a price to be paid. The Bible tells us that these individuals, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, I don't think they understood the significance of their place, the uniqueness of their position, or the influence of their presence when they made a resolve. But there's a domino effect that happens when you make a resolve. I will not defile myself. I know who I am and who I belong to. And therefore, I will live out my identity in God. And the Bible tells us that in verse 16, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego replied to the king who brought them to himself when they didn't bow down, gave them a second chance, and they said, King Nebuchadnezzar, we do not need to defend ourselves before you in this matter. If we are thrown into the blazing furnace, the God we serve is able to deliver us from it, and he will deliver us from your majesty's hand. Listen, verse 18. But even if he does not. Let me say that again. Because we, we like to shout victory, protection, and power. No weapon formed against me shall prosper. 
He goes before me. He goes behind me. He watches over me, and he does. But even if he does not spare me, Lord, from this fiery furnace, even if he does not, we want you to know, your majesty, that we will not serve your gods or worship the image of gold that you have set up. Can I tell you something? There is no change unless you are willing to release something of lesser value to gain something of greater value. Jim Elliott and the group of missionaries that were martyred that inspired my parents to go to the mission field said, he is no fool who gives that which he cannot keep to gain that which he cannot lose. In other words, every believer has to determine there are some things that are worth losing to gain and keep those things which are worth keeping. Yeah, there are certain things that we want to hang on to. There are certain things that are worth hanging on to, and there are certain things that are worth losing to hang on to those things that are worth keeping. That's the message of the gospel. That's the power of Jesus' lordship. And so I believe, by the way, that as you go into difficult situations and as you have to stand and make a stand and make a resolve in your heart, I also believe that God gives the grace to match the heat of the fire that you have to walk into. So it's not about you paying a price that God doesn't give you the grace to withstand. I believe that you walk into the heat, that the grace that God gives you will match the heat that you have to walk into. And number three, Firewalkers, they help the world stand up and see the fourth man in the fire. You see, I love this part of the story. I don't know if I would love this story as much as if it ended by, and they roasted and shriveled up. (laughs) And they had to go in and pull their ashes out in a shovel. Can I tell you this? God would still be good and faithful and strong, and it would still be worth it. But out of the grace of God, out of his immeasurable grace, God promises to walk with us. And what I want you to see in this In verse 19, it says, Then Nebuchadnezzar was furious with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and his attitude towards them changed. Because when we're unwilling to compromise, the world around us sometimes will change their attitude towards us. When they think that we're compromisers, we're just one of the multitude of people that are compromising with them. They uh, play the game with us, but when we refuse to compromise, when we take a stand, when we walk in integrity, whether that's in purity, whether that's our worldview, acknowledgement of Jesus Christ as the only way to the Father, uh, these are very controversial views in today's society. But when we determine that we will follow Jesus unapologetically, when we've decided what our identity is and we live into that identity, there might be people around us that will suddenly change their attitude towards us like Nebuchadnezzar did. 
And the Bible says that he ordered the furnace heated seven times hotter than usual. And he commanded some of the strongest soldiers in the army to tie up Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and to throw them into the blazing furnace. And so these men wearing robes, trousers, turbans, and clothes were bound and thrown into the blazing furnace. And the king's command was so urgent and the furnace was so hot that the flames of the fire killed the soldiers who took Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And these three men firmly tied and fell into the blazing furnace. You're listening to a message from Founders Day. Dr. Mark Job is taking us to Daniel chapter 3, the story of the fiery furnace. But I love the hope that we're encountering here, the reminder of the constant, unfailing protection of Jesus as we face opposition all around us. Today's message was presented at Founders Day, which means we're moving Founders Week out of the snowy month of February and placing it in October. Join us October 18 to 20 for three memorable days of inspiring teaching and worship. Now, back to our message today with Pastor Mark Job on Moody Presents. Nebuchadnezzar thought it's done. But you know, he didn't count on firewalkers. And the Bible says, then Nebuchadnezzar leaped to his feet. Man, I love to see a generation that can cause the pagans and the heathens to leap to their feet in amazement. You see, Nebuchadnezzar leaped to his feet because he saw something that astounded them. He saw beauty that he hadn't seen. He saw a power that he was unaware of. You see, I love the fact that Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they weren't cursing Nebuchadnezzar. They weren't calling him a pagan and you dirty old king. Watch, that wasn't their attitude. Their attitude is, we're going to serve God and follow him. And I believe it's the beauty of our God in the midst of turmoil and tribulation. I believe it's the presence of our King in the midst of a difficult world that causes the world to set up and watch what is going on with them. When the world starts to see the beauty of our King, when the world starts to see the power and His grace, when the world starts to see the fact that we are enamored with this God and that it causes us to change our lifestyle and our convictions and when the world starts to see the fourth person in the fire now most theologians believe this was a theophany or a Christophany theophany being a combination of two Greek words meaning God and appearance there's some debate about this But many believe it's a Christophany, a visible manifestation of the pre-incarnate Christ. God himself, pre-incarnate, showing up in the midst of their fire. And here's what I want you to see. Listen. I want you to see that the world stops and stands still when they see believers going through fiery trials that maintain their conviction and their resolve. They don't become bitter, angry, heartless. They don't become cynical. They don't become jaded. 
But when the world begins to see people that truly live out their convictions and they see the presence of God, the fourth man in the fire, there's something that attracts them to that, something that makes them say, we don't have that. That's not what we understand. We don't understand the beauty of this Christianity. We don't understand the depth of conviction. We don't understand the willingness to die for something and live for something that's beyond them. I believe the world needs to see the beauty of the fourth man. You know, I believe that God is doing something. The world tends to view Christians as angry anti, but they haven't seen the beauty of the fourth man oftentimes among us. But I think God is doing something. I've had multiple conversations with people recently, people that were diehard pagans, far from God, hedonists, that have been influence, approach, come around believers and what attracts them to them. I have, I've, I've had multiple conversations and the last conversation went something like this. I'm not religious. I have no God background. In fact, a little bit jaded towards Christians. But when someone invited me finally to church, I went very reluctantly. And I walked into an auditorium and I saw these people worshiping. And I don't know, I can't explain it, but all I can say is that as soon as I went in there, I felt the presence and I started to cry. Why did you cry? I don't know why I cried, but I felt like there's something drawing me. There's something powerful that I want that I don't have. I saw a community worshiping. I saw them love. I saw something that I'd never seen before and I wanted it. I spent the whole time crying. I came back again and I cried and cried again. And what I realized is that there was a God that was calling me that I had, that I had uh, described in a different way, a God that I had rejected, but I was drawn by the beauty and the love of that God, the fourth man in the fire. I think God is starting to do something in that way where people begin to see the beauty of the fourth man. My desire, my heart, is that the presence of the living Jesus, oh, I wish I could see that in a film. I wish I could see Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in the fourth man. I'd love to capture footage of that. Remember, they were teenagers cool dude <laughs> man look at this we're not even French our hair's not even getting burned the fourth man yeah look at this I don't know maybe doing a little Jewish dance I don't know what they were doing I mean I- I'm sure I wouldn't just be standing like this I mean, I would be so excited that I'm in the flame of the fire and I'm not being touched by it. I would be so excited. I'd be looking out the people out of the flame, looking at the king jump and fall down, people awestruck. Why? Not at them. Listen, not at them. Can I tell you? Not at them. Listen, when is the next, when's the last time people have seen your face, looked at your walk, seen you walk through cancer or difficulty or a challenge in your life? When's the last time people have said, you know, I see the fourth man beside you. I see God around you. I'm attracted to the God that you serve. It's not that your life is all good. It's especially when your life is bad, but people see the fourth man, the beauty 
of the pre-incarnate Christ in there. To, but the beauty of the God that lives inside of you, they smell the aroma of Jesus around you. The more intense it gets, the more they smell Jesus. The more they see him, the more they taste him, the more they see his beauty, the more they're, they're puzzled by your ability to love him and worship him, by your ability to maintain an attitude that baffles them in the midst of circumstances that are difficult in the midst of the fire, they see the beauty of Jesus. So all I'm saying is that as we go into a future, especially in this America that seems to be becoming more and more secularized, I'm more excited than ever for the paganistic, hedonistic, non-religious, de-churched, especially Generation Alpha, I'm more excited than ever to see a generation of firewalkers that walk so closely with Jesus that people are seeing the fourth man visibly manifest among them. I'm excited to see a generation of firewalkers that cause the powerful, the low, the strong, the non-convinced to jump out of their seats and say, I see a fourth man. I'm going to pray. Can I ask you to stop being so angry at the world and more in love with Jesus? Can I ask you to stop fighting those people that don't know the Lord and stop showing them the fourth man? Can I ask you to stop accusing, demeaning, judging, throwing stones at them, pointing out their errors, which there are? And could I ask you to love Jesus in such a powerful, profound, deep, compelling way that people cannot, cannot miss the fourth man, the presence of Jesus among you in such a powerful, evident way that causes them to leap to their feet. You know the rest of the story, right? Nebuchadnezzar says, okay, now there's only one God. Everybody's going to follow this. We're going to throw them into the fire. No, you didn't say throw others in the fire. They don't follow Jesus. But he was convinced. So as we close this time together, I'm just wondering if you want to say, Lord, make me part of that generation of firewalkers. Where I resolve to be in the world, but not of the world in my the purity of my sexuality, the attitudes that I have, the way I manage my relationships and my marriage, the way I talk, the way I walk, the way I do business. I resolve in my heart to live out my identity as a follower of Jesus the Christ. But God, I pray that as I go through the fire, that people will smell the aroma of Jesus in the name of the fourth man, Jesus the Christ, whom we love and serve in Jesus' name. Think of it. 
a generation that would walk through serious opposition, even to the point of death in the name of Jesus and for the sake of the gospel. Wow. Isn't it encouraging to know that that fourth man is walking every step alongside every single one of us that believe? That's Jesus. Hey, would you like to know Jesus as the forgiver of all your wrongdoing, the leader of your life? I mean, it's nice to hear a message like we've just heard, but unless you know Jesus as the leader of your life, the Bible word is Savior, you don't have the presence of that fourth man in your life. You can know him today as your Savior. It begins by acknowledging that you've messed up, that you're a sinner, by confessing or agreeing with God that you are a sinner, and then by asking him to help you turn away or repent from all that junk inviting him to be in charge of your life. If that's the expression of your heart, why not pray with me right now? I'll try to give you some space. Lord Jesus, I agree with you. I've messed up. I'm a sinner. Would you please forgive me? Thank you that you died on the cross in my place to pay for my wrongdoing. Would you please forgive me? And would you help me turn away from this selfish lifestyle? Now, Lord, I'm inviting you, asking you, be in charge of me from this day and forever. In Jesus' name, amen. You know, there's a really helpful button at our website, moodypresents.org, up in the upper right-hand corner. It talks about knowing Christ. There's a video there from Mark Job, some links to helpful information and more, no cost for any of it. It's just a great way to take that next step with Jesus. Go to moodypresents.org. Well, we've been listening to Dr. Mark Job's keynote address at Founders Day. Again, we want to remind you to join us October 18 to 20 this fall when Founders Week will move to its new home. I'm John Geiger, thanking you so much for being a part of Moody Presents, a production of Moody Radio, a ministry of Moody Bible Institute. See you next time.